Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Hey, Gabby, I was going to start with, I feel like I went to high school with you, and then I realized it's actually insulting to you because if we went to high school together, it implies that we're roughly the same age and we're not. If I was a senior in high school, you would have been like in the third grade or maybe just an idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, That's funny, though. I think that people who watch me on Hollywire think I'm the same age as you. That's not true. Well, do you feel you're what? How old are you now? Or do you I'm, not want to say? No, I, I I think it's so weird that women are scared, like lie about their age or don't want to say their age. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that creates why people like think it's a big deal if you're you know over thirty. But I'm thirty four and and proud of it. Wow, I met yeah. you when you were in my twenties. Was it twenty six, twenty five? No, I think actually it was twenty three. Like we've known each other for almost ten years. This is why I feel years. like we went to high school together. Yeah. Well, let me um, brag about you for a little bit, and then we'll get into. Um, I'm actually, I'm excited to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. It's like we're yeah. catching up for everyone. <laughs> okay, so Gabby hosts for Holly Wire on Snapchat and YouTube. Um, she's gained national attention with her article and video for Cosmopolitan. I went on 30 dates in three days, which of course we're going to talk about. And here's what's interesting: date number 31 ended up being her husband. This story was featured in the New York Times. She's also a former uh, serial dater who literally wrote a book on dating. Uh, She has a book called 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s. And we'll get into that. It's a bitingly funny guide. There it is. Um, I like that she calls it a field guide to modern love and is available wherever you buy or listen to books. And most recently, she is a host of a, of a true crime and true dating podcast titled am i dating a serial killer and that is on audible all right gabby you've been busy i have i have <laughs> yeah you know um one thing that i've always admired about you and and kind of like following you peripherally on our social um is your hustle you know <laughs> You know, it's so funny because today is like my one day where it's like an off day for me. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take it easy. Just do a podcast. <laughs> and it's John, whatever. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> but no, I feel, yeah, I, I feel like I'm always working, but I love, I love what I do. And I love, I love trying to help people through my work. Yeah. Congratulations you. on your book. That's very exciting. Uh, not only do you do a lot of things, but you spin a lot of plates. Yeah. Yeah. It gets, it's a lot. <laughs> Do you think that's a generational thing? Like, you know, I, I grew up kind of like one foot in the 80s, one foot, you know, Gen X, maybe Y. And it, it, I grew up with like, you had to pick one thing to do. And now today, it's like, no one does one thing. Yeah, I think it was growing up in the 90s being told you could be anything you want to be. And also yeah. with parents making us do all the things. And like, even if you weren't athletic, they made you do sports and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think you grow up just kind of focusing on the things that you enjoy doing. And those are usually more than one thing, especially growing up in your 20s around social media. I feel like that also kind of affects yeah. that. Yeah, uh, you're a great example of someone who... <laughs> Uh, does a lot of things, but they're all under one. They're all kind of under the same umbrella. It's not like you're, you know, um, building mufflers on motorcycles and then, you know, doing the media stuff. I mean, everything is kind of under media, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all under media. Yeah. It's all under media and hosting and writing that that's like the big umbrella. Gabby and I share, um, 
the same tone and humor. If I'm correct, you yes. prefer dry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Gabby and I have history and uh, we actually had a podcast early days. Early days. That was what, six years ago? Seven? You know, if we kept at it, that podcast, I think would have been huge. <laughs> would have been an uh, armchair expert. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it was called Asking for a Friend. And yeah. uh, she used to come over once a week in my little, uh, uh, my little, um, I guess it was a townhouse, little apartment in Los Feliz. And um, man, you used to come home after filming stuff, I think uh, your day job. And we would get on our little Facebook Live and answer questions about dating and love and all that. And um, that was six years ago. Six years ago, yeah. It was, well, it was oh, 2016, sure. right? 2017, is that yeah. six years? Yeah, that's about six years ago. And then we both grew up. Um, I had a child, moved to Altadena. I have chickens. Uh, Gabby got married. Yeah. We got to talk about that, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, before I put a bookmark and rewind, um, mm -hmm. what's the hardest thing about being married? Um, like realizing you're married. <laughs> <laughs> realizing you, 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 you don't have choices anymore. Like this is it? No, mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's because especially being in relationships throughout my life that were more short term and my longest relationship before my husband was like one year. So to be like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm married. This is going to be longer than a year. Like we're in this. <laughs> is there um, um, because I, I write a lot about the I think for me, the pattern was uh, three years. There's like this mm -hmm. after three years. I, I If you look at my relationships, I, 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 I've broken up or I've left relationships after three years. Um, do you feel that like, uh, like kind of like claustrophobic, like oh, permanent, like, oh my God, is, is, does that, um, do you wake up and feel that knowing that, uh, that you are married now? Um, I guess a little bit for me, it was more with relationships. It was three months at the three month mark. I would be like, but, yeah. um, I love my husband. He's so supportive and amazing, but yeah, I think it's kind of more like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm in this, like realizing you're in this, realizing that what at for so long in my, there was a point in my life where I thought I'd never get married and now right. I am. So I think just kind of accepting it and, and, and being happy in it is just, it's, it's, it's different, but I love it. I do. Your dream of being with John Mayer is now no, no longer. <laughs> We Are did just see him. That? We did just see him. He had a, a private mm. show um, in in or like a little like a fan show in Hollywood, and it was the first time my husband saw John Mayer, and it was it was great. Have you met John Mayer? A couple of times. Oh wow! Does he hold up in person? Is he uh, the person that you? Don't meet your heroes. He's a yeah. he's very nice. He's always been nice, but it's just it. I think it takes away from the whole like idolizing someone. Yeah. And then yeah. if I like, I there was one time I embarrassed myself in front of him, and so then I couldn't listen to his music for a while. But his music really helps me uh, narrate my life and express myself. I feel like so many of his songs just like speak so true to me. So yeah. <laughs> but also, um, um, from what I I don't know him, uh, I don't I don't follow his stuff that much. But he's also like funny and charismatic and yeah i think that that's part of the charm right yes exactly exactly uh but when he does sing he has that um kind of like he does that like diarrhea face thing oh yeah guitar face which was guitar great face, to show yeah. my, my husband had never <laughs> knew about that and he's like does he know he's doing that with his face i'm like yeah yes, it's very heavily memed <laughs> all right let's go backwards um who are you uh let, let's um let's start with uh where did you grow up I was born in New York, raised in Connecticut, but definitely mm. spent more time in Connecticut than New York. Um, so East Coast, like I, I lived in the East Coast. I went to college in Boston and then I moved out here right after college. So I guess half my life was East Coast and the other half has been West Coast pretty much. Yeah. And uh, what, what did you, did you know what you wanted to do post-college? And like, why did you move out to LA? 
Um, for the entertainment industry uh, mm-hmm. and that the college I went to, Emerson College, had a big program uh, in Los Angeles. So when I graduated, I realized I had more connections in Los Angeles than New York. And I, I was actually, because earlier you were saying I do so many things, I couldn't make a, In college, I loved equally broadcast journalism and writing for television and film. And so I was mm-hmm. a double major in that. And then it's so funny because today... I host for Hollywire, I host my podcast, and I'm also writing a screenplay of the adaptation of my book. So it's just like, I oh, literally nice. am doing what my degrees are in college, from college. But doesn't that feel good? The fact that you studied that, it's like you threw a boomerang, went through all these things, and now <laughs> um, that boomerang is coming back. Things yeah, are, it's a yeah. full circle moment for sure. So um, one of my goals for this episode was to um, find out things about you that I, that I don't know. And so I had <laughs> no idea that you studied screenwriting. I did, I did, and and it was actually it was so cool because um, the the one of the executive producers of Friends went to Emerson and came back mm. and did an artist in residence thing, and he was very much a mentor to me. So I learned about uh, more writing for television from him, and also from my professor Marty Cook, who was just a great like taught me everything I know, and then. It's funny, I, I kind of later in life realized that rom-coms are really what I love. And so mm-hmm. now I'm now learning the screenplay structure. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just interesting to, to kind of be like, oh, I've been writing all these pilots, but what about a movie? <laughs> yeah, um, that's another thing we have in common, which I didn't know that uh, screenwriting, interesting. Okay, so you come to LA. Um, what was that like? You're now, I mean, you're early 20s because um, by the time that I met you, uh, you were 23 with um all 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 these problems no, i'm just kidding i'm just, I'm just kidding <laughs> no um, i did i mean you no, were you were, you were, you were my were 20, therapist <laughs> no but you were you were 23 um i think when i met you you were for the first time in your life interested or curious about working on yourself right yes and 23 is young i think most most women this is a generalization but uh late 20s mid 20s they kind of start getting very curious and, and you were um 23 well, because I had gone from being a serial monogamous into like getting out of a world shattering breakup. And I kind of had went from I dated a guy, found out about after a year of dating him, he was lying to me about his age, which was great. Right. Uh, like that kind of started the whole like also interest in like what later became my podcast and like serial killing and uh, killers and uh, serial. Wait, killers. How old was he? And then how old did you think he was or how did, how old did he say he was? And then how old was he really? He told me he was 35 and he was really 45. So he was 45 and you were 20, what? 20, 22, 23. Holy shit. Wait, that, is that 20 years? More than 20 years? Uh, ish. Yeah, Around I guess. 20 years ish. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, was that the big one for you? That, that- relationship? That because was you were so the, young. Yes. And it was also, I think because he was older, I kind of, and also just where the relationship was, I kind of was thinking that this was leading to marriage. And I think that we had kind of like talked, it seemed like that this was it, like this mm-hmm. was my happy ending. And then when we broke up, I just flung myself into another relationship right after. And then after that breakup, uh, that's when I started to see you. <laughs> Because I, my friend, Justin Masterson, he was like listening. He was like following your, like went to your group sessions and stuff. And we had bonded over going through heartbreaks at the same time. And I was at the point where like my friends couldn't help me anymore. And they're like, you need to talk to someone who isn't your friend about all this and your Yeah. And I don't know how Justin found me, but at that time, um, I was kind of working out of the box. I did a little group in K-Town in a coffee shop. We, we went to that. I went to that with him. That was like yeah. the first time I met you. Was it, it was that. very kind of like Fight Club-ish. Uh, <laughs> I, I, think I, I think it was on Tumblr. I don't know where I announced it, but um, it was before Instagram. It was before all of this stuff. And uh, people were plugging in their webcams and stuff like that. And 
I was like, I want to run a cool group somewhere with like brick walls and stuff. Uh, so I did it in Cape Town uh, and I was just building my practice. I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I think, you know, it made it like, I don't know, I think it was like 20 bucks or something. And I think you came with Justin and I think a few other people. And then you and Justin started coming um, on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and every time I, I, I um, on, on whether it's a podcast or video or whatever, whenever I um, interview you and we and we talk about how we met, I always get a little fear because um, you were technically my client. <laughs> technically. And so people are going to be like, oh, shit, that's kind of shady. And also, John, what else have you done back in the K-Town days with clients? And um, I know people out there are spreading rumors about me sleeping with my clients, all of that stuff. Um, I used to take walks with my clients. I used to bring my clients into uh, the CrossFit box. In this case, I met Gabby and Justin. Uh, we used to, to to meet at the coffee shop, and then Gabby and I started, um, you know, doing stuff like this, media mm-hmm. stuff together, and yeah, whatever, whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was around twenty three, and then there's there's two areas I was I wanted to talk about. So obviously, you're dating. Um, all the dating stuff, which is so fun and exciting. And I love that you're, you've turned it into a, a book and then hopefully um, possibly more, maybe, maybe TV film. I don't know. And then uh, um, also your professional life, because um, I know it wasn't easy. No, you know? like I, I think it's amazing what you're doing now and also how far you're going to go. But I also know early days. I mean, I think both of us were just, you know, trying to, trying to get likes. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and, it, and you go through a lot cause it isn't like a direct path through mm-hmm. to success. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like I have so much more I want to do with my life, but um, yeah, it's tough, especially something where with hosting, where you're like on a show and then the show ends and then you're like, you moved to New York for a boyfriend. Like yeah. <laughs> at least that's what I did. <laughs> what, what happened with that? You moved to New York um, for a boyfriend. Oh God. Well that actually, so that was my last relationship before my husband. And yeah, I was in this relationship that I never realized was actually so toxic and emotionally abusive and, and things like gaslighting and love bombing and all that stuff was happening to me in the daily. And I had kind of lost who I was and just became this girlfriend. And he asked me if he got a job in New York, asked me if I wanted to move with him in New York. And I felt like my life in LA was kind of ending with being on this show and doing mm-hmm. 420 episodes of it and doing it for two years. And then the show ending and kind of being like, what's the next chapter? And um, I just kind of was so caught up in like the romance of moving across the country for love and not looking at what the actual relationship was, right. which wasn't serving me. And I moved there in, um, we mo- I moved in with him in April. And then by Thanksgiving, we had broken up. And I called you actually. And we talked about, uh, cause you're like, are you sure? Like, cause you, you had known about the relationship and me mm-hmm. getting into it and how happy I was. But I was lying to myself about how happy I was. I was lying to my friends about the relationship. And then it, it, it took like being there and living it in it to kind of be like, oh my gosh, wait, like this isn't really what the relationship is. It's like all were, in your head. Were you lying to yourself because uh, not only did you move, um, you know, across the country for someone, but also, um, across the country. No, New yeah, York. across the country. New York's across the country. <laughs> the other side of the country. Oh, not across, across the world. Not across the <laughs> yeah. world. Sorry. Um, because you had done that. Um, uh, and also, uh, I think you wanted this to work so bad. 
So badly. Right. I think, yeah. Cause I got into the relationship right when I turned 30 and there was something in my head that thought mm. I had to be settled down at 30. Right. And I don't know why I was just like, so adamant to be like, you cannot be single in your thirties. Like you need to be in a relationship, not realizing that sex in the city started when they were 35 exactly. <laughs> like, and they all had a great time. Right. Uh, but it's just crazy that that just was so like in my head. And mm. I kind of had felt like I really wanted a boyfriend and I kind of, I think I really turned the relationship into something that it wasn't or convinced myself some, that it was something it wasn't. And then also like, I, it was definitely one of those like Instagram relationships where it looked like everything was perfect on Instagram. And I had told right. so many people that I was happy and this was it, that it was hard for me to face that it wasn't it. And I, that this relationship was destroying me and ruining me and ruining who I was. What was the bathroom moment? What was the moment for you where you're in New York? Um, well, living in New York, your whole apartment probably felt like a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, pretty, area, but... Well, Brooklyn, but yeah, still. <laughs> When did you say, okay, I think I'm done. I don't, this isn't like, I'm the, 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 the fancy bubbles popped. Um, I, this is not going to work. It was labor day, which is so funny to think because, uh, three years later, I had my first date with my husband on labor day, mm. uh, or a year, or like it was, sorry, a year later or two mm -hmm. year. Yeah. A year and a half later or something like that. I don't know. Um, anyway, it was labor day and we were living in New York. My parents were a train ride away in Connecticut and we never, and there, there's a beach where we live on a beach in Connecticut, like near a beach. And we never like got out of the city to visit my parents, which is mm -hmm. crazy. People in New York in the summer, they're always trying to like get out of New York City. Right. And I had finally convinced him. I had gone to visit my parents. I finally was like, let's go come come visit. And he was so late in getting there and and made such a big thing about it. Made it seem like it was like just this like big to do to come to Connecticut to hang out with my parents and like a favor just, to you kind of like thing. a favor even though yeah, it's like yeah, these yeah. are my parents and we we had talked about like getting engaged and getting married so it's it's crazy to think like these would be your in-laws you know um and he came so late and we and i and he was drunk he like showed up drunk for some reason oh, i'm man. like why are you drunk <laughs> like so i took th this him this is the first um, time this is the first time him meeting your parents no, he had met my no. parents before. So okay. this was like, but but he had only like, we had been dating for two years at this point. And I yep. think this was like the third time he saw my parents, even though my parents were like an hour train ride away. Um, and so I took him to this place. It's like a kind of a, there's a, a golf course and there's a, a, a restaurant. I took him there to kind of sober up. And there was a wedding happening in front of us. And it was, I was looking at the wedding and I was looking at him and, and just like everything we've been through and all the fights that we've been having recently. And I was just like, this is not who I'm going to marry. And that, that was, was, that's like a movie moment. I know. Literally, right? I know. Yeah. And I was just like, I like, like, I was like, I, and it's crazy because I ended up getting married in my hometown uh, in October, but I was just like, this isn't who I want to spend my life with. Mm. Like, like that was the aha moment was, was, it was just right in front of me. And how did you leave that relationship? It took until Thanksgiving to, to leave the relationship and it took, and it wasn't even going to be, a, it was going to be a break. I was going to just go home with, for my parents for Thanksgiving and like think about it and then come back. Mm -hmm. But in, when I was there, it became abundantly clear that this, I couldn't go back to this relationship. And I, right. I, I called you, I remember I was in a Trader Joe's parking lot in Westport, Connecticut, <laughs> and I talked to you about it. And you were asking me the tough questions about like, yeah, like, is this expired? Like all those things. And I was like, yeah, I definitely, I think it's, I think it's run its course. I can't see us going on from here. You know what word, um, I guess it's one word. It's kind of a hyphenated word that I feel like resonated with you early days, like 23, when you're coming out of um, the relationship where the guy was 65 telling you he wasn't. Uh, 45. 45. <laughs> Non-negotiables. Yes. That was because I could tell it landed for you and you're like, yes. oh, wait a minute. I could have 
things that I'm not willing to negotiate that I could, oh, well, they'll still love me. Yeah. What? And so that seemed like that changed a lot for you. And it seemed like in this last relationship, you were negotiating. I was, I, I was negotiating, but I was, I didn't, I didn't realize I was negotiating right, and, and all these things that I, I claimed were my non-negotiables were actually, I was, was in that relationship and it was, it was ruining me. It was just, it was, it was crazy. So that one then expires or that one, you leave that, which is a, a big deal. And of course, there's probably a lot of emotional residue from that because you said there was uh, subtle gaslighting and stuff that you don't, you know, and we don't realize when we're in the trenches because our lenses are tainted by love, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and especially if we think this person is is the one or the, the person that we're going to, we start thinking, okay, what else can I do? Why isn't it working? You know, is it my fault? You, you kind of like, you know, ask yourself, um, you internalize. Um, and then you get to the point where you're, you realize, oh, it's not, you realize this isn't going to work. It's the other person. Uh, after that, what was, what was, I'm a, were you depressed then? What, Cause it seemed like you moved to New York, changed your life. This thing didn't work. And now are you coming back to LA? Well, so basically, uh, so this was 2018, Thanksgiving, 2018. Mm -hmm. And I moved in with my parents, uh, before the pandemic made it a thing. <laughs> and I was living in my, I was in my childhood bedroom. Um, and I had a deadline. My book was due, um, Martin Luther King day. So it was like the end of January. Mm. Uh, so I had to write a book that when I had originally pitched it, the last chapter is the guy it's 20 guys, you in your twenties. The last guy is the guy who's your person. And it was going to be oh, my happy ending. Right, right. And I, and I had to rewrite that chapter to make it about actually I combined my mom's story and how she was married before my dad and didn't tell me about it until I was 27, <laughs> as you do. Um, and, and so I was and that was kind of my aha moment because I was like, OK, well, when she was in her 20s and she had this big wedding and then she got I mean, that like back in the 70s, like that wasn't a thing like you didn't just like, you know, uh, like they get like end your like have this happy ending and then just be like okay i'm and start over and move in with your mm, parents in right. your 20s in brooklyn and commute to new york and that's my mom my, ended up meeting my dad uh at work in new york city um but i kind of so that was the last chapter just realizing that yeah sometimes like you know you don't have to have it figured out by 30 was basically wait a minute so uh, you and your mom kind of have uh, shared that parallel yeah. And, and I realized it when I was living there, I was like, that's so crazy. Cause you moved back and you were living with, um, with my grandma mm -hmm. and, and you were starting over and you thought, I mean, she married this, she was a flight attendant. She met uh, a first class passenger wow, who lived yeah. in California. Like he, it was literally the storybook wedding there. It sounds, there. Like, it sounds like pretty women, but East coast. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And <laughs> pretty like women she, on a plane. On a plane. <laughs> yeah. And they like their, their picture was like all over her hometown in Brooklyn, like their wedding picture. Like it was just like, and that just blew up in her face and she had to start over in her mid twenties, which was kind of, it's kind of the age equivalent of starting over in your thirties. Yeah. In, you know, today I just, I just called your mom a prostitute, which I was, yeah, yeah, not, no, I, I, I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what was it like, uh, at 30, this, this thing that you thought was going to be, you know, the, the picket fence happily ever after that thing shatters. And then now you're in the room that you grew up in back at home with mom and dad. What was that? Was that crushing to the ego? What was that like? Cause I remember well, parts of that. I remember you're new and then you were, you came back, but it was kind of like, um, it was the funny thing is, is also in my book, the chapter before the guy who's your person is the guy who makes you do you the person you date. That's supposed to be mm, your dating right. rock bottom right. that makes you re but I, I didn't, it turned out that that person was actually my ex because when I was writing this book and I, I interviewed all of my exes and I was looking back at old relationships, 
relationships, I realized that I had this pattern in dating that I needed to break and that this was how I was going to break it. So um, it just kind of was, it was realizing and shifting my mindset from going, thinking that being single is a curse and that you don't want to be single and you need Mm -hmm. to find a partner so you're not single and realizing that actually being single is amazing and it's a gift and that you don't want to give up being single until you meet someone who is worth it and has also, you know, uh, is, is it respects your non-negotiables and is, is that person like don't settle for anything unless you find that if not just be single. Yeah, I love that. And I think so many people need to hear that. I think when we're single, especially because of the world we live in, mostly women in their 30s, you know, the whole like um, ticking clock, the pressure, you go to a party, and people look at you like, oh, like you have a disease where you know, you're alone, like what's what's wrong with you like that kind of shit. And I think it's damaging. Well, and everyone gets coupled off, right? Like once you hit your mid 20s, and then and then also going to weddings, being a single person at a wedding is just like, it's crazy. Um, so then you move back to LA? Move back to LA. So I finished the book and I actually moved back to LA on Valentine's Day, 2019. Was the book the vine that kind of pulled you out of the quicksand? Because with kind the of, book, yeah. you have like purpose, you have a North Star, you have to turn it in, you know? Yeah, yeah, you have a deadline. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually grateful for that, even though it was very emotionally difficult, but I'm, I'm happy I had that because it did give me a purpose and it brought me back to Los Angeles where it just kind of made sense. And mm-hmm. I, I moved in an apartment across the hall from my best friend. I was sleeping on her couch when I first moved out. And then the apartment across the hall was open. It was like all these green lights being like, you're meant to be here. And I was living there and, and just got some, got hosting work like right away. Like it just, it just felt really meant to be. And, um, and, and I was dating. (laughs) Right away you were dating. Well, not right away. It took some time. I think I had gone on some dates, but I wasn't really, I was, I was avoiding going on dates. I was definitely that person that would just like, you know, cancel dates and not want to go out. And so I started doing this thing on my Instagram called daily date, where I'd film myself before and after dates, uh, and like kind of talk to my Instagram audience about it. And it was a way to kind of hold me accountable because I would look back at it and I'd be like, wait, I didn't seem happy after this date. Why would I go on a second date with this person? And And I was contributing to Cosmo at the time and my editor had seen that and she's like, well, can we turn this into something? And then that's how 30 dates in three days was born. You know what you are? You're like the real life version (laughs) of um, who's the main character in Sex and the City? Carrie Bradshaw. Yes, you're you're the younger <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw, but in in LA. In more like can't pay her her rent. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it is. It, I mean, yeah, because in that show, she isn't she like a writer. I don't know if she's successful, but she lives in like this brownstone and brownstone. You know, yeah. But like they reveal it was like seven hundred dollars a month. It was like <laughs> I'm like yeah right. Right. Uh, but right. also, her only job is writing a column once a week yeah 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 but um but i see you that way because um dating love relationships also um you documenting the journey and you pulling the curtain back and uh whether it's via social media or the writing that you do um sharing your stories you know i think um and and helping so many people by doing that so yeah you've kind of become the the younger version of that which is awesome i guess so i guess so (laughs) so so uh your editor said hey can we make something more of this and 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 i really want to talk about this because it's so interesting um 30 dates in three days yeah How how does you know and i think i was following some of like your stories and stuff and i was like how how does she even find like, how do you even set up 30 dates uh, in three days? Was it through swiping? Was it through friends? Like, how do you even? So I was on multiple apps. And so yeah. by, I had gotten the assignment on a Friday and by the Wednesday, which was supposed to be two days before, I was supposed to start 
on the following Friday. So two days before I was supposed to go on my first date, I only had about 15 dates scheduled. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to my editor and I said, you know, can I crowdsource? Only, only 15 dates. Only 15, yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, can I crowdsource the other 15 dates? So she's like, yes. So Ooh, half of the dates were for through apps and they didn't know about the social experiment. Wait, what do you mean by crowdsource? I would po I post on Instagram and I said, hi, oh, I'm doing this thing. It. Does anyone have, can anyone want to set me up with someone? Any single friends? And, and um, you recorded these dates. Yeah. So that's interesting too. <laughs> and did, well, well, did they know that it, they were recorded or how did that go? Well, I didn't, I only recorded two dates that knew about it and mm -hmm. they were, they agreed to be on camera. And then the rest of it, I just recorded myself before and after, and I didn't show any of the guys or anything like that. Right. So. And these are fast dates, right? I mean, it had to have been just due to time. So what, 30, 40 minutes, uh, just coffee running from, from one, one location one to, to another. Location. Yeah, yeah. An hour. They were all at least an hour and okay. they all were in like the same area. And yeah, they were mostly coffee dates. There were walks, they were, uh, Dave and Busters. They were just like, Dave you know, and Busters. Dave and Busters. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Which is actually a great, that was a 30 minute date. Cause like, you know, you just play games for 30 minutes and it's like, great meeting you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know whose idea that was, but um, I don't want to judge it. So, so, so <laughs> what was your, what was your takeaway? What was your revelation after going on 30 dates in three days? I mean, basically you set up um, speed dating for yourself. Pretty much. And it was interesting because, so I had done that. And then after that, like, it was like some guys I never heard from again. And then some asked me out on a second date and the guys that asked me out on a second date, then I told them about the article. Mm -hmm. um, and, and did they just, feel used? Yeah, some did. Yeah. Some were like really upset. I had a right. guy who actually got me kicked off of a dating app because of it. Oh, uh, they told on you. They told on me. But um, but then some then some I think it was actually even more of a red flag when the guy didn't feel weird about it and wanted to continue dating. I felt like that was kind of like it was like, oh, OK, really? Are you sure? It became a must for him. He's like, OK, now I want cameras to follow us around. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was kind of <laughs> then it kind of was like, is this guy dating me for the right reasons? <laughs> right, right. Uh, like what is going on here? Um, did did but, you feel any sparks with the 30? Yes, there oh. was the the last guy was the, and I don't know if that's because I was just so exhausted from all the dates, but the last date I felt a spark, but then that kind of just faded out like most online dates do after a while. So, so let me ask you this, because I know right now you're you you obviously you're taken, but when you were <laughs> single, what was your prerequisite? What created spark for you? Was it, uh, you know, what was on on your checklist and, and what did you need to feel for this to, to be a second date? It was well, obviously the attraction and that's not saying that they have to be like the hottest guy in the room, but there has to be some like, you know, physical attraction between the do two. Do you have a type? Like, is it musicians or jocks or, you know what I'm talking about? Like, do you have a type or is it the, no? The type uh, used to be that they all kind of look like John Mayer at different points in John Mayer's career. Oh, so different versions of John Mayer. Interesting. Okay. That was like kind That's of like the type. jokey. That's like the jokey type. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, no, no. I, I, I tried to break the type though when I was doing the 30 dates in three days because maybe the type was the problem. So I was open mm. to any any guy. Um, but yeah, the spark was in the, the attraction, but then more importantly than that was the conversation. Um, there was one guy who I had really good textual, a good textual connection with, but in person, it wasn't there. And oh, can, can we just stop there for a second? Cause that's yeah. like a real thing. And it's something that, um, you know, uh, I didn't grow up with your parents didn't grow up with, um, on text, people can be clever. People yep. can be, people can copy and paste shit. That's not even, that doesn't belong to them. Right. So they could be romantic. They could be funny. And then you meet them in person. They're flat. Yeah. Yeah. False advertising everywhere. False. It's, it was just crazy to me. And then I went on a second date with him. Cause I was like, maybe it was like a bad date, but there, it was still the second date. It wasn't there. Mm. So 
I don't know what that is, but I have also dated guys where I feel like most of our relationship is on the phone and not right. in person. So when I met my husband, I was actually happy that the the relationship went from Bumble to text to first date all relatively quickly. And I got to really know him on the date as opposed to like his pictures and, and his witty text messages. Before we move on to number 31, who ended up being your husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, and man, can you imagine number 30, how he felt after he's like, fuck 31? <laughs> Is well, I think that he wasn't he wasn't that into that was the guy I felt a connection with. And I think that he was at the end of the day, he ended up just not being that into me because he mm. was kind of the one that faded out. But it's fine. It's for the best. Um, so three revelations that you had either about yourself or about dating and love through that whole 30 days of dating experience. Um, the thing which is I, I spent so much of my dating trying to analyze other guys, like the guy's behavior and the text messages and, mm -hmm. and the subtext of like what certain things meant. And I think I realized that if it's not so abundantly clear that the person is into you, it's not worth pursuing that. Um, and that kind of came from the whole, yeah, going on all these dates and then like only following, like I didn't text any of the guys I went on a date with after I let them all make the first move for a second date, uh, which usually I didn't do. Do you, um, do you think people overthink these yes. days? When, oh, yes. Okay. Always. And how, how Always. So? I think people overthink like what you're supposed to do after a date and how to talk and like mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I just think that you should just do what's in your gut and what feels right. And if it doesn't feel right, like don't pursue it anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's was, one revelation. Two more. That's one. Two more. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really tightening the vice with you. Two more. I think you also need to to be fully yourself. I think also we pretend mm -hmm. to be different people on dates, yeah. especially first dates. We're like the best version of ourselves. So I was like 110% who I was on my first date with my husband. And I think that's why it worked. Um, mm -hmm. Because also, and also to not put the, the third thing is to not put so much pressure on a date. Like they're just dates, you right, know? Right, right. Like we sometimes, that. yeah, we think like this is the one or this is it. You can't go in thinking like that. I didn't think that when I, I went into my first date with my husband thinking that I would leave after an hour, but it ended up being one of those dates that like, you know, time stood still, so. A lot of pressure when you um, go into a date uh, hoping that this could be it, that kind of thing, right? Not mm -hmm. leaving a lot of room for, curiosity and, and, and yeah. And, and, you know, the person can also just end up being a good friend or you, you hear a great story or it could still be fun. I think a lot, a lot of singles today when they go on dates, um, especially if they don't date a lot, then there's more pressure on the one, the date that they do get. And they, they go in it really thinking that this is going to be their husband, their wife, their, you know, whatever. Um, and it just, I think that kind of pressure, the, the space can't hold that. You know, yeah, and weird. you have to you have to accept people you date for what they are. So like don't instead of thinking everyone you're gonna date is gonna be the person you end up with, be like, oh, this is the person I'm dating who, you know, I'm going to learn this from or like except like there's nothing wrong with like a booty call. Like there's nothing wrong with a casual right, right. relationship. But the, the what's wrong with a casual relationship is if you go in trying to make something that is casual into something that's serious and the other person is not on that same page. That's why we we don't like you know those things so yeah and uh, when you just said there's nothing wrong with a booty call so i don't know if you know this but when i was um single on purpose uh, right before i met vanessa uh -huh. um i was like i'm gonna go do everything that i never got to do in my 20s and so i i, I was like i, I want to wake up with someone i don't like and i want to like i want to do drugs with someone and have i've heard like experiences with mdma and sex and stuff i was like i want to do all of that stuff and I, I really didn't get far i didn't get far at all gabby <laughs> 
<laughs> I met someone and we, we, uh, she, she agreed to do MDMA and it was very innocent. Um, she came over with orange juice and it wasn't the, uh, the crazy, um, you know, the, yeah, the like, you know, party situation. Uh, what's that movie called? 50 shades. It wasn't, you know, anything like, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but I, but, but, but here's the thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't judge yourself. If you, it, it's like, what do you need for, for yourself during this time? That's going to get you to connect to you. Um, you know, not disconnect with yourself. And so, yeah, that was mine. So how did you meet your husband? Um, on Bumble. Mm. And so it was like the 31st date, meaning that like after all the 30 dates had like phased out, he was the, the first, first date I went on after that. And at, at this point, were you just like, oh, dating is a chore. I'm not even looking or. Yeah, I really was. I was, I was not excited about it. I actually almost, I went on the date to spite my mom because she told me I should date someone who worked in finance and, uh, mm. and my husband worked in finance at the time. And so I was like, fine, mom, I'm going on a date with a finance guy. It's going to be terrible. And there ended up being a connection. And now he doesn't work in finance anymore. <laughs> Right. Uh, did, so was it lightning in the bottle? Was it a slow burn? What was different about this? It was a slow burn. So mm -hmm. I actually, I, I found him cute off the bat. There definitely was that, you know, um, that, that attraction that was definitely there, but, um, he, his energy was really low. And the first half of the date, I would ask him questions and he would just answer. And it was a drinks and he ordered dinner. He like basically was doing everything that you, like all of the dating fails, he was doing all of them. Oh no. And, and normally I would just leave after that and I would be polite about it. And I wouldn't, you know, when I probably would have never talked to him again. But I think what I learned from the 30 dates in three days is to kind of like be authentically myself and say what's mm -hmm. on my mind. Cause like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. So I, I went, I had, I, we had finished a round of drinks and I went to the bathroom and I said, look, um, if you're not going to start asking me questions about myself, I, I'm not going to, this date ends here. Wait, and so I, during the date, he, uh, he was just, um, talking about himself a lot. Is that what was happening? Not he... that I was, I was asking him a question and normally on a date, when someone asks you a question, you answer the question and then you ask them a question about right, themselves. He, he, didn't, he didn't hit the ball back. He didn't hit the ball yeah. back. So I was like, this is exhausting. And, and, and then when I came back, he explained to me, which he didn't tell me was that he was on like two hours of sleep and he almost mm -hmm. canceled our date, but he really wanted to meet me. Right. And, and so I kind of like, it, it just changed the mood and we, the ice was broken and we were able to be ourselves and talk about everything. And it just didn't feel, I, I went from a terrible date to the best date of my life. Mm. And then from there, um, did things happen very fast or was it, I'm going to be cautious. I'm going to take my time. It was, it, it did go pretty fast. He did become my instant boyfriend, but the good news was, is that we had three dates in three days after mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But I had a trip home to see my parents for a week in Connecticut. So we had a week of not seeing each other. And I honestly thought I was going to come back from that trip and it would be, it would have been over. But he texted me every day. He checked in on me every day. And then when I came back, we started dating for real. And, and it ended up becoming also moving quickly because of uh, just like the holidays came up and we met each other's families and then the world shut down. So uh, I wasn't really able to kind of, you know, take it slow, but, but we also just did what felt right. And we just kind of went with that. So, um, this marriage was birthed, um, incubated, uh, from the pandemic. Pretty much. Cause we were date. We had just moved in with each other before the pandemic because my lease mm -hmm. was up and we were, mm -hmm. we had been dating for six months before the pandemic. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me, question. Um, he's different than all the other people. 
Yes. I'm assuming. Um, and then of course, I think you, you did check his ID to make sure that he was, uh, he was uh, yeah, that was actually, so. yeah. And, and, but he is a combination <laughs> of like, cause it's like, people think my book, 20 guys you date in your twenties. It's like that these are the 20 people to avoid, but it's like, no, we all like, like my husband is like five of them. He's, he's younger than me. He's hotter than me. He's cooler right. than me. You know, like, <laughs> um, what are the 20 we're going to, I want to get to that, the, the, the yeah. 20 dates that you should date in your twenties, which I think is a great blueprint. Um, and it, you know, you don't have to be in your twenties to follow this, but I think no, it's, it's, it's at, I dated them in my twenties. It's any age you're single. Yes. These are the types of relationships um, you'll get in. But I wanted to just talk real quick. Uh, so I'm all about creating new love experiences for yourself. So not just, um, convincing your mind, but conditioning your body that this is new, this is different. A lot of people don't swim there because um, if things don't feel like they used to, uh, and usually used to can be dysfunction, chaos, gaslighting, you know, lying, all that stuff. Um, we, we, we can say, oh, this has no chemistry, or we can self-sabotage, we could run from it. Um, and a lot of people who actually sit in it, I think that's when a lot of uh, rewiring happens, re uh, new definitions of, of love. And so for you, was that the case? D did you finally um, find something healthy? Was there resistance? Did you lean right into it? Like what happened for you? Because this, this person was different. Yeah, I think it was just, it was so obvious that he was into me. There were no games. There were no mm. questioning. There were no analyzing the text messages. There were just so many green flags. And that also- And that was refreshing. Refreshing. And also yeah. I it was like, I was making a living off of being single. So I had to like make the <laughs> ultimate sacrifice to give that up, to be with him, but oh, he was, but he was worth it. Like he was, I felt that he improved my life. Like he didn't, he didn't make my life worse. Gabby, that's you know? such an episode of sex and the sea. That's like the, <laughs> that's like the end, end with the, how the season ends is she yeah, either yeah. picks career or relationship. Yeah. Have you ever seen an episode of sex in the city? Uh, a couple of times. Yes. Okay. Yes. Vanessa is a huge, huge fan of that. Um, so, so with this new experience, um, what was that like? What was it like to date someone uh, different? You know, I'm thinking it was refreshing, but was it also difficult? Was it also because you're not um, used to um, someone who actually listens to you or holds a safe space and isn't lying and all that? Or did you yeah, have to I, did you have to like retrust again? You know, was the stove still hot? I had. I think I was definitely. Well, the I was. I think my biggest fear early into the relationship was that. Before he dated me, he had he had a girlfriend that was the girl he always went back to. And they were mm -hmm. off and on for like mm -hmm. eight years. And when I had started dating him, her stuff was still in his place. Um, oh. which so it was like, I think that that was my fear. My fear was that she was gonna decide she wanted him back and that our relationship was gonna end. Got it. So and I was used to that because I was used to dating guys who there was always a thing and the thing ended up breaking us. So yeah. I was I was like not self-sabotaging, but I was not like until I think until he proposed, even I was still kind of like always in the back of my head worried that it was going to end or he was going to mm. leave me. And so now do you um, feel calm now? Do you feel like, okay, my nervous system, like this is a new healthy love. And I'm, and I feel like it's like, you know, uh, sitting in a bathtub, it's just, it's calm. Yeah. I think since our, since we, since we got married, it's been like that. I think since we got engaged, but I probably didn't realize it because I was so busy with like all the bullshit that goes mm -hmm. into like planning a wedding and a pandemic. Um, but yeah, I think I, I just, I do feel like so calm and, and, and it's, which is different. Cause I feel like I used to date anxiously. Uh, I feel like relationships yes. would always add stress to my life. And this is the first time. And, and it was like that when we first started dating. This is the first time that the relationship has actually made my life better. 
Yeah, and and listen, we're not saying um, um, relationships are perfect. We're not saying no. they, they're not hard. We have um, our issues. Everyone does. Everyone There's does, of course. Yeah. But cumulatively, like it, it's generally calm, right? It's not you're not in something where your fight or flight is activated constantly, and you're you know looking through people's phones and you know wondering when it's going to end. All of that. Yep. And well, it's and also calm is new to me because I'm Italian, so I grew mm. up in not a calm household. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Um, that's the other thing Gabby and I having in, in common is um, the chaos that Italians and Korean families yeah. can produce. <laughs> so tell us about the 20 day, the 20 type of guys that you should date in your 20s. Um, so yeah, I, I was writing this book like throughout my 20s. Um, the uh, I, I it, it was inspired by the breakup when the guy lied about his age, but I realized that you know most people don't date someone who lies about their age, but they date someone older than them. Mm -hmm. So the book has 20 stories about these 20 different types of relationships that you get. In and you could obviously, they're not always guys, they're like whatever, whoever right, you date, just right, right. 20, 20 <laughs> I'm, types. I'm a straight woman, so they're guys, yeah. but uh, it could be anything. And they're these types of relationships, so they're not really uh, like you know, guys you shouldn't date. It's more like we've all you know, dated someone who's long distance, or someone who the guy who gets away, or the guy you always go back to, or mm -hmm. the guy who ghosts, or the guy who texts you sup at 2 a.m. So there are these 20 different types of relationships, and each chapter has a short, funny story about my experience dating that person. There's charts, there's quizzes to help you out. And then I interview experts. You're featured in here. You, you, yeah, you gave yeah. me feedback on one of them and then experts and then people who have uh, been in that relationship and are like successful in that relationship. So a couple that was long distance, that's mm -hmm. now married, you know, and then also I interviewed all the guys that I dated with the exception of the toxic one. Cause I have no uh, desire to ever get in contact with him again. It's great. I love it. It's like a nineties John Cusack movie. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty if Gabby much. was John Cusack, and that's if a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love anything. his movies. Yeah. Say anything or uh, um, the one where he goes back to his high school. And anyway, High Fidelity, right? Yeah, High Fidelity. High Fidelity is the Fidelity. one where he yes. he goes and back to his exes, yes. and they made that a TV show. Yeah. Let's go through them just really quick. A snippet <laughs> of of the the five different or the twenty different twenty. Types. Yeah. Okay, guy you got away, guy who's hotter than you, guy who's long distance, guy you always go back to, guy with an expiration date, your instant boyfriend, guy who texts up at two a.m., the guy who's much older, the guy who's cooler, the guy who ghosts, the guy who's toxic, the guy who's not your boyfriend, the guy you can't remember, the guy who's a one night stand, the guy with a fetish, the guy who's not that into you, the guy who's great on paper, the guy who's much younger, the guy who makes you do you, and the guy who's your person. You know what? Who can't relate to at least five of those, right? It's guy and, or girl. Yeah, and yeah. usually the person you're dating, like you have some of you've had these obstacles with that person. You know, right, like right. it's a combination of them. I love it. You throw such a wide net with that book. Um, <laughs> that book is wide, right? It's everywhere. It's everywhere, wherever you buy or listen to books. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, the chapter of the guy who's toxic kind of became the podcast. Am I dating a serial killer? Yeah. And now let's talk okay. about that real quick. Did you do your own audio for your audiobook? Or yes, did, did I did my own oh, audio okay. in the same audio studio that you recorded. Oh, your that's right. Audiobook. <laughs> that's right. I was um, because uh, uh, English is my second language. No, I can't use that anymore. But um, I didn't want to. I hate my voice. I didn't want to do audio. Uh, I was. We we're trying to get Morgan Freeman. That's not true. <laughs> Seriously? Um, no, no, of course not. I can't afford. It. <laughs> like, I was like, can what? you imagine That'd even so asking? Hey, um, yeah. yeah, and also it'd be really funny if he was um, um, doing self-help books, but. Uh, yeah, that was a crazy what what did it take about a week in that studio and, well, and like you have to every and also every sentence if it's not good that the, the someone's directing you. And, but for uh, me it yeah. was less than that it was it was an afternoon because we didn't do because my book is like 
a lot of pictures. So. Oh, right, right, right. It's a, it's a pop-up book for anyone it, who does. No, yeah, kind of, no, but there, I mean, cause it's like the, it basically, and then I didn't, obviously I didn't do the quizzes. I didn't read the quizzes, which make up a good chunk mm, of the book. Got it. Got uh, it got and it. I didn't read a lot of the graphics. So it was more just the stories and the advice was pretty much what yeah. I read. But you're really great at uh, that kind of stuff in front of the camera, yeah, teleprompters, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about your brand new project, which, um, by the way, congratulations. This sounds super Thank exciting. You. Yeah. It's oh, a hybrid, it's so exciting. It like. It's a hybrid. Yeah. It's yeah. so it's XG Productions, who are the people that did, uh, Am I D sorry, that did America's Most Wanted, the new version of America's Most oh, Wanted. Wow. And they also have a slew of like really great true crime content. Like that's their expertise. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the podcast is called Am I Dating a Serial Killer? I co created and co executive produced with XG Productions. And uh, we just, we spoke to 10 people with these just crazy, unbelievably true, possibly criminal dating stories that were wow. so, that shared their trauma with us, which I really think helps other people when you're listening to it. And we've already gotten some reviews saying that. So each episode, they told me about these like crazy relationships and dating stories they've they've had and then i bring on an expert for the second half who's either someone like we have former fbi agents um mm. a, a a neuropsychologic psychologist like come and talk to the person and help them kind of get closure on their on their story and then also give uh the listeners advice on how to deal with something if they ever find themselves in a position like that what an awesome, interesting um, idea. So it's going into the door of dating, but um, the kind of horror stories, the dangers, the, you know, the stories where uh, people end up uh, possibly end up in the trunk, that, those kind of stories, and then bringing on uh, professionals and experts to dissect. And um, I'll bet you uh, it's going, it's wildly entertaining, but also I'm sure uh, when people listening to this, they probably feel um, relieved that some of their dates that were headed this way didn't end up this way. You know, the whole dodge the bullet thing. Well, one of the girls that we have on the show went on a date with a guy and, and actually he assaulted her and it was just, she felt so icky about it. And then mm. two years later, he was arrested for murder. Oh my gosh. So it's just that like, is... it's like, Good thing she trusted her gut. Good thing she didn't date him. And then yeah. the, the crazy thing is, is that she saw him on Facebook, like when he got arrested and the girl he was dating looks like just like her when he got arrested. That is um, scary. Any dating advice as we, as we slowly close out, um, man, you, I don't think I know anyone who's gone on more dates than you. I mean, I think you, um, and it's not just the 30 and the, the, the yeah, the three just days. in general, was, I was, I mean, general. I was, yeah, I was yeah. on all the dating apps. I yeah. mean, I, I said I went on 10,000 hours worth of dates for writing this book, which like pr probably. <laughs> you should have letters after your name. There should be some kind of masters <laughs> for dating, um, you know, just through the whole experience, surviving it, learning from it. What would you, what would you, what kind of give, advice would you give to anyone who's um, in the trenches now? Who, uh, who, you know, who's dating and frustrated and feeling hopeless and, and, you know, the whole, uh, us turning into baseball cards and swipe culture and all uh, that can be very, I don't know, exhausting and all that. I would give the same advice I gave to a girl in the bathroom last night because we were celebrating a friend's mm. birthday and she was complaining about like that it was her first time being single. Like she was always in relationships and she was freaking out about it. And I told her, I was like, something I said earlier, it's like, enjoy being single, have fun. Like dating should be fun. If it's yeah. not fun, you're, you're doing it wrong. Like, and, and also no, you don't have to date. There's no, there's no like final last call with dating. Like you don't have to settle down until you find someone who's worth it. And in the meantime, like these are the best years of your life. Enjoy them, have fun, like live, live your best life. Like don't, 
don't have a relationship uh, be what's ruining your life or destroying your life mm. or or being a burden in your life. Your relationship should make your life better, not worse. And if it's making it worse, get out of that relationship. Yeah, and I tell people that when you're single, the the growth soil is so rich, and uh, mm -hmm. you should take advantage of that. It just means that you have choices when you're single. Yes, exactly. Because, yeah, Gabby and I do not have choices anymore. Nope. No, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're single, you got choices, which equals freedom, which equals you know all the shit that you've always wanted to do. So you are in relationships. Lucky. Your two choices are: what are we having for dinner, and what are we watching on TV? Yes. <laughs> Gabby, I am so proud of you and uh, not not only in your work, but you know, um, knowing you as a person, as a being, um, you're watching your character arc, how far you've come, you know, thank you. That means so much. The 23 year old that I that I met at Cafe Mac back in um, um, that, you know, is coming out of that toxic and, and I think you're 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 very wide eyed and excited about growth and then like who you are now and you're married and doing all these amazing things. You have a book, you have this new podcast. Um, and of course, I think this is just the beginning and you're going to do much, much more. Well, and same to you. It was so crazy seeing your book in the airport under like bestsellers. Oh, like, the, yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, I remember that. when you, cause like we were very, like your first, you self-published, right? Like early on? Early on. Yeah. I, I played around with self-publishing and then, and then I went with the publisher and then now, now. I, that was just so cool. And then yeah. I posted about it and people were like, you know, the angry therapist. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you new here? He's creepy. He's shady. Don't go near that guy. Uh, and also, he's not even a real therapist. No, that's not true. I shouldn't joke like that. Well, um, Gabby, thank you for being on my podcast. When, when when did I have you on last? Was it back in we, the Los pandemic? When the pandemic, we did a live. Oh, okay. That was the last time I think I. So I've was that two years ago? Yeah, to okay. 2020 for sure. So I will see you in 2024. Okay, I'll wait. I look what we're doing. Yeah, we're going to have so much to catch up on. <laughs> so much to catch up on. Yeah. Um, congratulations on um, marriage and, and where you're at now. And, and also you. that you feel calm. I feel calm. I definitely do. Yeah. Money can't buy calm. They can't. I hear him cooking and doing good shit in the background. Pots oh, and stuff like Darren? that. Oh, Darren? Yeah, just yeah. making a lot of noise. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll hang out soon. And Sounds guys, good. thank you for listening. Gabby, where can uh, people find you and all your stuff? Sure. Uh, my website, GabbyConti.com, G-A-B-I-C-O-N-T-I.com has everything. Uh, my podcast and my dating, A Serial Killer is on Audible only. You could listen to the whole first 10 episode season. My book, 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s, wherever you buy or listen to books. And then my Instagram is It's Gabby Conti, I-T-S-G-A-B-I-C-O-N-T-I. Awesome. Thank you for listening, guys. Be well. Bye, Gabby. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo, Journey Coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support, and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.